0: songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Leonardo Varela over Zoom video. Leo talked about growing up in Brazil and learning guitar at a very, very early age. He picked up guitar at five years old. He talked about his first high school band and opening up for Sepultura, going to Berkeley College of Music on a Fulbright scholarship, and releasing his very first song over it while attending school at Berkeley. Leo also tells us about his most recent single, Alone. You can watch the video version of the interview with Leonardo Varela on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. And it'd be rad if you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bringing Back Pod.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're Bringing It Backwards with Leonardo Varela. Our podcast is on your journey. Why don't you tell me about where you grew up?
1: Yes sir um I am from Florianopolis Brazil it's this small island uh south Brazil mm-hmm. very different from uh I guess most upbringings um and I I did music my whole life and I moved to the states uh for school and I pursued music even further so I guess here we are um I am currently in Brazil because okay. of the pandemic mm-hmm. to stay with family a little bit but um but yeah that's that's where i grew up uh dad is always playing music in the house gave me my first guitar the whole deal
0: oh cool (laughs) yeah i did read you got a guitar very early you started learning at what five
1: yeah man it was wow it was a very very crazy thing i i guess my dad was always playing music all the time he's not even a musician Oh, because I was going to um, ask that.
0: He's not a musician, huh? <laughs> he,
1: he's, he's not a musician. I guess there was a push in, in that department because, you know, he at least his kid got to be, but sure. he, um, <laughs> he, he always motivated very early um, music and had instruments lying around his room. And one point I just started grabbing things and noodling and, and stuff. And it was like, well, I guess that's what we're doing. And I've been doing it ever since. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, so what, in the beginning, would you, were you taking lessons or was it all self-taught even early on? It
1: was It was mostly self-taught um, for, I think, I guess, I'm 24 now. So I guess huh. for around 10 years, the first eight years, I, I was really just playing on my own and with my dad. And then I started taking lessons here and there. and And it became more serious with time as I, as I started playing more, you know, mm-hmm. but sure, but always very low key and very, very just, I don't know, just using my ears. It, it always felt like play time rather than like, I got to study this, you know? Sure. It was sure, Very much like that. That's awesome. When did you start?
0: Like were you performing in front of people and stuff or that early on, or is it just kind of in uh, your house?
1: I, I guess it's, it's funny. Cause I, I used to be a very shy uh, kid when it came to playing for people I love mm-hmm. playing I love performing for myself like very early on Um, <laughs> but I, I haven't I haven't really played until I was like maybe 11 or 12 for people like in school bands and things like that but if you look at the old pictures man I, I'm, I'm always looking like to my shoes and I'm like always very I was very <laughs> shy in the beginning sure and at some point around like maybe 15 16 years old I started really playing um, in bands mostly with my First band i've ever had and we toured and we did a bunch so that went out the window wow. very very early on and uh now it's like the best you know it's the best feeling for sure
0: sure wow so you were 16 when your band was touring or you just that's when the band started
1: yeah so when i was around 16 15 we started playing in this i started playing in this metal band which was very, <laughs> a very 15 thing 15 years old thing to do. Of course. <laughs> and, uh, we, you know, we were very into it and we were trying to take it seriously, like even early on, even though like looking back, it was very much like an adolescent fever, I feel, but it felt real. Uh-huh. And we started trying to get shows everywhere we could and and perform. And we played for maybe three or four years, like seriously, you know, but it was, it was just for fun, man. I was just a teenager and, and just later on, I realized I really wanted to pursue this, like all for real. Like with my own music, I always listened to a bunch of stuff. So metal was very much like a just a starting <laughs> point to play in public. I feel you know. Sure. So, sure. So yeah.
0: And the metal band though that you that band would tour.
1: Yeah, we would tour. We would tour around uh, the like south part of Brazil. Like there mm-hmm. was like a few spots and few bands that we knew that did the same. And uh, there was one show that was pretty cool. Like, it was pretty big. Like, we opened for Sepultura when they came wow. over. Because, but it was like, you know, it was like one of those things, like, everything lined up. Like, this is our chance to make it or break it. Like, <laughs> looking back, it's so funny to think about it. But um that was like, you know, a big, I guess a, the biggest crowd I played at that point, maybe like 2000 people I think, something like That's that. That's huge though. That but it, I mean but that band's yeah, massive. Yeah, it was big. <laughs> yeah, it was big. But but in Brazil, you know, like they tour a lot. So like it was like, oh yeah, Sepultura is in town, like of course they are. <laughs> you know. Oh, like, okay, everybody. a lot of bands come to come there. A lot of bands, like local bands that quote unquote, you know, broke out of Brazil, mm-hmm. they they're always here, you know, like they're more like oftenly in brazil than out I, f- I feel okay so getting opening acts like that was not something you know out of this world but too sure, fetched. gotcha it sure did feel like it was you know i'm like- um, sure
0: <laughs> that's yeah. awesome and then i did read that you also went to berkeley
1: didn't you yeah i went to school there um i went to school before for something completely unrelated because i guess i never as i said it was always like this playtime thing and uh-huh. but i but it was the only thing that was constant in life, for sure, and so I always you had already wanted... went to you already already had went to college and everything, and
0: then went back or no?
1: If one semester and a half is oh, college, okay. sure,
0: <laughs> but still, I you started.
1: Much, <laughs> I started, yeah. Um, college in Brazil is uh, at least you know the one I went to, and most of school here is is free, so it wasn't like that pressure of like you know I'm putting oh, loans in school, got and, it, and things like that. So. No, I I just did the our equivalent to the SATs, I guess. Mm-hmm. And when you, you don't do, you take business. It's a very known stereotype here, and um, I just did that, and I very much knew that I didn't um want to do that, so I just <laughs> decided to not do that. And and I, sure. I tried to do like a summer program in in Berkeley, and ended up never coming back. I did a my audition there, I did everything there and I got a little bit of money. So I was like, Oh, hold on. maybe, maybe I should really do this. And uh-huh. then I did it and it's been, it's been fortunate ever since. So wow. Great. What was your audition? Like, Oh, uh, wow. It feels like it, it wasn't not, not even that long ago, but if like being at Berkeley for four years, man, feels like a decade because it's so fast paced, you know? Uh-huh. So, um, I auditioned with like this, uh, fusion guitar dude, uh, Guthrie Govan. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but mm-hmm. it was like, you know, got to show something a little challenging, all of that. And I very much was walking in as a guitarist. I always wrote music, but I was coming in like, I want to play guitar. Okay. And and I play guitar for a lot of the acts there. And I, you know, I even had some touring opportunities as a, as a guitarist for, for artists in, in the US, but very easily I started like kind of effortlessly transitioning into this role of being an artist and writing my own music. And I I think I owe a lot to the, to my main collaborator. His name is Jim Alexander, great producer, great artist. He's been doing really well for himself too. And Mm -hmm. we started making music and it was like that obvious thing that I was missing, you know, and right here, like right there, was I performing again, putting my bands together. and, And it was, man, has been a blessing ever since been super dope. That's awesome.
0: That's really cool. So you you went into Berkeley as a guitar player and you,
1: is that where you found the rest of your band? Pretty much. Um, It's, it's so dope when you get to find so many great musicians at one place. And if they're your friends, you know, like if you're friends first, and you have that kind of like, oh, and also you're an amazing player. (laughs) Sure. It's like, it's so effortless, you know, man, like you put something together. In a heartbeat, it's like, oh, I, I want to play this, this show. I want to play this house show. And you send music and all of a sudden you, you sound like classic already because of the band. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the band makes everybody feel like you've been doing this for like so long. Everybody's so seasoned in a way. Mm-hmm. So I put together my band. Most of them are artists in their own regard too. And we all play in each other's bands when we're in the East Coast. But everybody now started moving, you know, like going to LA, New York, some stayed, some went home for, for COVID. Mm -hmm. um and and yeah it's been it's been sick we've been I've been making so much music uh even like in this format that we were in uh (laughs) with with these people and it's been it's been fruitful you know it's been cool that's awesome that's awesome so when did you well
0: you said that you kind of made a transition at Berkeley into more of a songwriter role
1: yeah I so I'm gonna say as a performer like Mm -hmm. like a frontman because I've been writing this whole time. And I wrote with people and I, I would co-produce and do things like that on the side. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was so focused on the idea of like, uh, performing for artists. Cause it was a, it's a real job. It's like, there's real work. There's a lot of things waiting right there that mm-hmm. it felt like, again, going back to my room with my dad, it felt like play time when I was writing with people. It was so cool and so like easy to do. And it's just so fulfilling, you know, like I love playing guitar, but it felt like a job most of the time. <laughs> and it's even funny to say that when you look from the perspective of someone who's not a musician, maybe outside, it's like you're playing guitar, you're playing music, you're you're a musician, blah blah, blah. But it felt like a job, you know, like in, in the weekends I would play, like I would play weddings to make money. Like, oh, all, sure. of that, like <laughs> all of that. So it was very much a job. And it was cool to play with the friends, but like once I was doing my own music and having my like my friends playing. The music I was writing—it was a whole, whole different story, you know. It, mm-hmm. was, it was great.
0: Wow, do you remember when uh, you wrote like the first song that you wanted to, you know, show people and be like, "This is what I want to do. Is what this is I'm my doing. song." Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, it's this—it's the first song I dropped. It's called "Over It." Okay. Um, I did it. I did it as a, as a. I I guess looking back, it felt like a test run for sure. Like dipping mm-hmm. my toes in the water. And I performed it live in school before it was released. And there was like in in school, there's like, you know, some clicks and there are some things that you notice like happening. And -hmm. then they take bigger proportions and people talking about certain people and, Oh, you should check this people, this person out, blah, blah, blah. And I very much noticed, like, hold on. Like people are, people are really like messing with this. Like they, they like the song and they like me as a performer. And it wasn't even a validation. It was more of like a realization. I was like, hold on. Like I felt so natural doing this. And then I just went at it, you know, like I, I, I really just went at it and it became the thing, like becoming a performer, like full, like full on performer. Cause in school, you always try to find your, your role, your place, who you're hanging with. And I was always playing with, I was always hanging with the musicians that played for other people. Okay. So and, and the artists themselves wouldn't really hang together like that. That was like it's a weird Berkeley's a weird place, man. <laughs> and um, and and it ended up that all of them had a lot of their own voice and things to say, so it became its own little collective thing, you know, mm-hmm. where everybody was playing on everybody's tracks. And it's been like that, and it's been a format and it's been working, you know. Mm-hmm. Is wouldn't you when you first went
0: to Berkeley, was it kind of intimidating since like I mean you're, you're around like the best yeah. guitar players in every town uh, or best, you know, musicians sure. of, uh, of every city across the, the
1: globe, like sure. going there where you're like, Oh, like, am I going to hold up? Like, like- <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a very, very valid and, and thing, common thing we run across all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: the, the main thing about it to me, at least at that time before being like really focusing on my own music, I was very, hungry because i I was really unhappy with what I was before when I was doing stuff that I didn't really care about so I was mm-hmm. coming in like for blood I didn't care <laughs> I, I could be terrible I could be terrible if I found out like day one like oh I'm not even close to these people I would still go like every single gym session there was I would be there I would go to every hang and every little thing and just be present like I would go to sleep every day like six in the morning because I would be the last one to leave because I wanted to soak all in all mm-hmm. the time it was that type of like urgency in a way because mm-hmm. I really didn't want to feel like I was wasting my time there sure and it's it's a weird thing when you start to be called for things and you start being the person that oh like you can play my gig and you can do that and when you see by the end of like by, by my end of my stay there I was like very much prolific in most of the the plane situation there, like people would hit me up all the time, and there would be always other three, four people that would be the same people being hit up, and we would switch around, so it became a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was very step by step, like it didn't ever feel like, oh yeah, this is the way I should be. No, like mm-hmm. it's always like, oh, I guess I'm here, you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah
0: that makes sense that makes sense so you put up uh over it in 2019 where where were you when the pandemic hit had you, had you had you already released um alone
1: and "Pocketful of change or no so alone i i, I it feels like a blur right now i guess i dropped <laughs> that song in i don't i don't remember i think it was already the pandemic yeah because i started dropping things late 2020 Okay. So I was already home when it dropped. Yes. But I had written it, uh, while I was still in school with people. So got it. Um, pocket full of change and alone were dropped, uh, I think one month apart from each other, but the alone and alone has been, I think it was written very much in the end of 2019 and pocket Mm -hmm. full of change in the middle of 2019. So like there were just ideas sitting around. And again, I was like, am I dropping music? Am I doing (laughs) this? Like, is this the real thing I'm doing? And it's been, it's been dope. Uh, it's Mm -hmm. been, it's been dope ever since. Um, but yeah, it was in the middle of the pandemic when everything dropped. Uh, it was weird. It was a weird feeling because generally we would have like a release party. We put Mm -hmm. like a show together. We'd do things like that, but still it felt like I was doing, I felt, you know, the, the response, um, the way it should, I, I think it would feel if it was in person too. It felt like I was doing the right thing, regardless of the validation. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I, yeah. I think that's the the best way of putting it.
0: All right. Well, we're, so were you going to college? Were you still at Berkeley when when the pandemic hit? And how did that like affect you? Like what what, what went I on? That must have been crazy.
1: Those, I, I was one of those seniors that just, I guess college is over. Like, I don't know. <sighs> but oh my it, gosh. It was, it was an interesting feeling because- um what happened was very much around march like right before it started like getting crazy um this community of people that i'm talking about that we were we were recording a lot we were playing like the more we ever did we were having shows house shows are a huge thing in school um where kind of like artists kind of cut their teeth a little bit Mm -hmm. um and um what happened was we were very much at the peak of all of that we we're being very prolific and out of the sudden uh when it all hit it felt like it was going to be like a short vacation <laughs> and, and um now it's turned into a now, year <laughs> literally and, and yeah. the thing is I, I guess that's a filter that we always put in like looking back to things it always feels like nostalgic and better than it kind of was mm-hmm. um but the truth is we, we look back, like, I, I'm sure I can speak on behalf of all these people. We really made the best of it. Even when it was cut short, it felt like we had our closure because of those things we were doing. You know, like, I, we had, like, a the very last house show we had was, like, one of the most pivotal moments uh, for, for that group because, like, people were getting plays and they're getting placed in certain you know, like labels and, and mm-hmm. people were coming to the shows. It felt like a moment. So looking back at it now, it's like yes, yeah, sucks that it was cut short, but it feels like this is a great way to wrap it up too. You know, like sure. looking positively. Of course, it sucks, mm-hmm. but yeah. you know, it, it turned to be a better thing than we thought it was going to be. You know, mm-hmm.
0: definitely. Well, now that you're now that you're home um, in Brazil and not a, and kind of probably away from the guys that you wrote those other three songs yeah. with. Have you been working on new music? Like, how has that been? Man, it's
1: so this is the I guess this is the craziest part, because the fact that I wasn't leaving college and going straight to my gigs or my touring opportunities or everything was canceled kind of forced me to just like really low my head and write as much music as I could. Mm-hmm. almost as like, well, there's nothing else to do. So I'm <laughs> sure. going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And I did it. And I remember even like early 2020, I guess one of my realizations was to have like maybe 10 or 11 songs ready for, for the year or some. And I, I'm i currently sitting over like 30, 40 songs pretty much that wow. are like being produced. And, and and I'm really working on like, I guess maybe Eight, nine of those are gonna be actual finished products, but I've been writing a lot and I, I started producing more um as pandemic was going through as well. Like on my own volition, I was really practicing getting better at producing music and it, it kind of just happened in a way that um do do you happen to know who Kenny Beats is? Producer I do I no, I don't. So what happened was I I started practicing a lot of production and there's this Mm -hmm. really, uh, really dope producer um, called Kenny Beats. And he had like a Twitch stream situation where he would show his process because like as everybody else, like those artists were or those producers were looking for other forms of getting themselves busy. So a lot of them started streaming. And oh okay, yeah. He was one of those streaming, and he would have like maybe five thousand, six thousand people in the room every time, and it would get bigger and, and bigger and bigger and bigger. And my, I, I guess through his Discord platform thing, I was mm-hmm. I was found, uh, by him. Like people were we we were all engaging in this community, watching, uh, him stream and learning mm-hmm. tutorials and like exchanging information, and. This thing happened where this one kid from Scotland once got found by him there and he got signed to like a huge management company and all these things start happening and people really realize the power that that interface had, like mm-hmm. oh, could really reach some people who were active in the industry. So I've been producing this whole time, watching him, learning from him. And eventually one of my demos that I posted there for feedback and stuff blew up and, and, and caught his attention somehow. Wow, and, um, and he, he ended up playing me on stream, and and now we're starting to collab on some work. So I've been doing that in the meantime with all the work I've been writing on my own. Ended up being you know collaborative efforts with with him as well, and um, it's it's a good prospect to have during this time for sure. It feels good going back to the states soon with that side of my my work being able to develop and. And flourish too you know mm-hmm. that's cool that so that all happened just via
0: like discord and, and twitch that's yeah. nuts
1: crazy man and and it's becoming a thing more and more through different people who really have uh traction in the uh-huh. industry people who are very much running the game right now um top 40 charts people sure. who are producing all the pop-in artists being approachable available mm-hmm. like people who you can try to message or find a way of you know uh connecting to somehow and sometimes it works and yeah it definitely did and it's it's a weird feeling being here i'm looking at my living room around me my parents (laughs) are walking by sometimes my dog is right here and it's (laughs) always happening and it feels like a bigger opportunity that i got from all my time in berkeley you know yeah we saw these guys front to front doing master classes doing all these things and You know this all happened in the span of four or five months at home so yeah that's amazing
0: i love that i love that these artists are doing that too and and i've said this a handful of times on the show but uh that that that's this whole behind the curtain look of people and like where you're in your house and like you know you just said your dogs around your parents are around like i mean it's so it's so cool I mean we wouldn't have this experience as if it wasn't for everybody being stuck inside and it's like now what? You know what I mean? But 100%. like having but having somebody like that going on Twitch or Discord and actually you know in real engaging. time yeah engaging with with their fans and everything it's it opens up a whole door and a whole different uh, to a whole community of people which is so amazing.
1: And I feel like one of the biggest things too is that we get an in on what are going to be the next things like the mm-hmm. next people, like I've seen kids that are 16, 17, 18 year old, 18 year olds getting real internship situations. Like there's one guy that I I met there is now working in an A&R situation at Warner. Like these wow. people sort of, you know, like you really are linking up with real uh, artists, real people trying to make it in there and people who are really about it. So it's a, it's a great, it's a great situation. It's, it's yeah. a really dope thing to have during pandemic for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, the, and it's something where like these people are reachable now, so to speak, like if this was 15, you know, 20 years ago, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to, you'd, you wouldn't have to be able to find the guy's phone number or any you know, pre cell yeah, phone man. or anything like that. Like they were such like, it was just it's crazy. It's, it's so much, like so much separation. more far fetched. Yeah. And it was like the separation there was insane, but now it's like, you might be able to just you could dm one of these people and maybe they'll Absolutely. see it and and respond to you or you know Absolutely. send something in a chat or throw your demo song up in a in a discord chat and they could find yeah, it and man. be like this guy's dope like and
1: it, it's it's, it's crazy. getting crazy because it was a little bit of a hidden jam in the beginning it's like oh this is happening here and people don't know about it and here and then we hear about some lurking in ours, like looking for people and mm-hmm. offering weird deals, sometimes a little shady, sometimes good, but <laughs> they, they, they're there, you know, like now people yeah. are very much aware that that's a, a thing going on, you know? It, it yeah, really it's is. cool.
0: And I, and it's cool to see that transition. Cause I felt like, you know, with Twitch and discord, those were like video game platforms and, you it, know, it video was. game streaming platforms. But now it's like, oh, well, this is a cool platform to use for my music Man. or for my whatever
1: so many producers so many artists like because that's the thing right like as an artist if you really are trying to live of this and and subsidize all your living from it Mm -hmm. you gotta split yourself in so many parts and you gotta teach and you gotta you know stream and you gotta like play shows but at the same time you gotta sell merch it's like (laughs) it's almost like the natural next step to go to somewhere like twitch or anywhere else where you can Kind of show what you do Mm -hmm. while nobody can get out of the house, you know. So right, that's that's huge. Have you been writing with
0: people over Zoom like this at all,
1: or collaborating? Mm -hmm. So I realized that that in itself became a very important skill Mm because I I used to do that a lot in person, and there's this almost like holistic thing about writing with people, which is very much like understanding who they are and how comfortable they are in the situation they're in and how can you kind of like feed off of each other's energy like sometimes they come in with their mind and something else and then you can't really put anything together sometimes it's like you write a whole song in a span of two minutes in zoom you know it's a whole different thing because it's a lot of back and forth it's a lot of um it's a lot of making sure that things translate better than they would because things get lost in translation more. And, um, I, I did that a lot during this quarantine. One of my main forms of like staying afloat, I guess, uh, was doing a lot of, uh, co-productions and and writing for other artists. I did, I did oh, that a okay. lot. I, I started, uh, uh, getting some work through that, which has been dope. And it's a, it's a skill. It's a, it's a thing for sure. Like being able to get in that, weird flow state type of situation with someone else without really being there right you know? It's yeah i know it's something
0: everybody's got to try to adapt to and like I've i've heard like two different things when it comes to this like some people are like you know, yeah. it's so hard. It's yeah, I can't vibe off somebody over the computer, and there's latency issues, and this and the other thing. But then I've also heard, sure, I I get more work done because it's like I have no distractions now. It's just like okay, real, we're we're it's on the computer, too. like we have two hours. Let's do this instead of uh, I'm gonna go grab a snack. I'm gonna go do this
1: or that, and the other yeah. thing like well, or we're gonna sit and like
0: BS for forty minutes before we start writing. <laughs> you
1: know, that's I mean? see, that's <laughs> those are all very valid points. I guess for me and I quote my producer on this. Um, it's a luxury to be able to write with the people you like in pub- in person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a luxury because more times than often you're going to find yourself in a situation where you can't do that. And it, it's really hard because things get lost for mm-hmm. sure. It's never the same. It won't ever be the same. But the, the aspect you, you brought up about focusing, um, something I do a lot with one of my main collaborators. We we generally like do what we're doing, like me and you talking right now. We get an idea of stuff and we oh like we both go separate and we do our thing for like an hour and then we meet back like okay what do you got? What do you got? Mm-hmm. And then we you know edit it out and do that again. I think that works um better sometimes than like doing back and forth like here's what I did like what do you think and then the person listens and you know it's yeah and then
0: they send you a track back and then you're listening and it's like
1: (laughs) it's it's endless it's really endless so I we find the ways that work with different people Mm -hmm. um it's for sure a a need a need to learn how to do it like if you're not going to be flexible to this you just won't work you won't find things to do Mm -hmm. it's the only thing we got So Mm -hmm. might just as well learn it, you know, for real, for real. For sure. For sure.
0: Well, you said you have about 30 songs finished during this pandemic. Like what, what's the plan? Are you going to roll out some of these songs? I mean, obviously a lot of people are kind of trying to hold on to stuff, hoping that we'll be able to, you know, that there'll be tours (laughs) in October or that's what I've been hearing October, but right, uh, like, are you going to just roll stuff out or like singles? What do you, what do you have coming up?
1: So I think, um, once I got into that kind of kick of just making music, I was really trying to write without, it felt like I gained time. It felt mm-hmm. like I was given time to just find what I wanted to do, which we don't really have. We we're always like find, like making things to drop things and making things to drop things. And I was able to just make things for the sake of making things, which is the biggest lesson I got off of this whole pandemic. Is like, once you write without caring about the outcome, you write your best, most, most honest, most like, relatable work. So, I'm still like kind of swimming in these songs and just being like which ones really feel like me, which ones feel like an experiment, which ones feel like that, whatever. And depending on where they fall, um I I intend using them differently. So, for example, I dropped a track on Bandcamp uh that is like 2 minutes long. I I probably won't ever release it, probably mm-hmm. won't ever do anything, but I got enough support from it to you know, fund the mixing of some of my other songs. So that type of situation seems like uh, what I'm going to be doing for the first months of the year, for sure. Just like, you know, showing that I'm active dropping some, some things here and there, but like actual major drops on, on uh, DSPs and streaming, I might mm-hmm. hold on until like around May or something and maybe drop a single or two. Cause I'm not sure yet if I'm in that position to drop a record. I feel like it's one of those things where it's, at least for me, it's important to have uh, a group of people that you care and and, and you wanna col- collaborate with and get the ideas from that one source all together in one flow and that will feel like, okay, this is a, a project that I identify with. Right now I feel like I'm just you know throwing ideas and songs in the mix and seeing, uh, which ones resonate more and less. So mm-hmm. I am not looking into dropping a record this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely looking into dropping maybe some EPs and like two tracks at a time, things like that, you know, um, different formats, uh, singles for sure, but different formats too. Like maybe some videos. I, I just got, um, this pretty dope, uh, distribution situation that I'm looking into, Awesome. to drop a few songs so i'm going to uh probably get the best i guess three singles that i have i'm sitting on right now maybe do a video for those and you know pu- push those out but maybe like half halfway through the year you know at this point mm-hmm. i'm still very much just like separating things and seeing what sure. what sticks you know Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's amazing, man. Well, and thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it, man. That's, it's my whole pleasure. It's been really fun. I have one more. Thank you. I have one more question before I let you go though.
1: I want to know if
0: you have any advice for aspiring artists.
1: Any advice for an aspiring artist? Well, okay. This is not me. This is something that I, I always have to hear and tell myself, um, the only difference between an artist and a musician is a release. So drop your music. Drop your music. Drop your music. That's how you figure out what you want to do. You're never going to know until you do it, and you're going to, you're going to learn doing it. So just drop your music.